do have one final question, I guess. I'll focus on voice acting for the question, unless you want to do one for each position. What's your number one tip for either aspiring sound designers or aspiring voice artists? You can do one or you can do both. Yeah. Okay, I'll give... How about this? I'll do one that's a blanket statement for both, and then I'll give one that's that's individualized. So the one for both is listen and watch. And like I was talking about earlier about watch the freaking commercials, <laughs> listen to the commercials. It's, it, it is completely confounding to me how, and, and really, you know, frustrating. I start, you know, wanting to, to, to smash things. There's so many human beings who will claim interest in wanting to participate in a medium and a, anything, anything, but you have to go there and be there. And it also helps. It helps if you're naturally obsessed with it and you, you just, you know, you think about it before you go to bed. You think about it when you wake up and when you're bored and on the internet th- that you find yourself Googling and looking at the wiki pages of that thing. If you're not, even if it's not natural to you, if you're not going out of your way to invest time and energy in that thing, it's not going to work out for you long term. No way. So for both sound design and, and, and VO, if you're a voice actor and you want to be in an animated show, watch the damn cartoons that are on TV right now. See what's being cast. See what's working. See what see what's not working. Pay attention to if a character really stands out to you, think about why. And then if you're a nerd like me, find them on Twitter. See what they talk about. Look at their credits list. Listen to their reels if you can find them. I, I talk about this a lot to uh i tend to make a lot of speeches to people i get really frustrated when people don't follow their passions or they're doing something that seems counterintuitive which is maybe why i'm hard on myself when i felt that was being counterintuitive with with sound design especially with the internet there are resources and here's here's a way to bust your ego there's nothing that you're doing that no one's done before in some way in some capacity especially when it comes to career path you know if you say you want to be a patent lawyer someone's done it before you so you can like look up their their education history and uh, where they practice and what kind of cases they did. Same thing for any job anywhere. So if you want to be a voice actor, find someone's autobiography, maybe, read it, indulge it, stalk them. They encourage that. That's why they're on the <laughs> internet. They welcome it. They're, it's an invitation to to shadow them and, and figure out, also to figure out if, if it, that's what you want too for yourself. Because you have an opportunity to back out and be like, ah, I changed my mind. It just looks cool from here. Great. Same thing for uh, for sound design. Do your research. Google and find out. Like I talked about my personal end goals for voiceover. But it also helps to obviously look at everything that you may have to do. Same thing for sound design. If you say, I want to be a sound designer, that doesn't necessarily mean anything. Do you want to work in post? Do you want to work in video games? Do you want to be a Foley artist? Do you want to work at a Foley house? Do you want to be a library guy? Do you just want to go around recording things? Do you want to specialize in dialects? I don't know. There's a billion different niches. And if you can't just blanket statement that and expect the universe to respond to you, that's not how it works. You have to ask for something specific and then you will get something specific. But if you just sit around demanding generalities, uh, it doesn't work. So that's that's my blanket advice for both and any job on the planet, really. It's, it's really frustrating to me because I just I see it every day and I'm just like, I, I can't help you if you won't help yourself. And then for each individually, with voiceover, it's the same thing. It's, it's going to be a repeat, but I'll be specific. With voiceover, do it. With sound design, do it. With voiceover, do it. Voice acting is, it's really acting in a box. It's still acting. You have to be an actor. And it's and obviously a different kind of acting, but that core 
background and ability needs to be there in some way. So do it. Get involved in improv. Take your classes. Do the online auditions that are that are available to you. If you get involved with a local group, even if you think it's kind of dorky and they do any sort of like... This happens a lot. I mean, there are several people who've gotten jobs in VO because they did this on their own. Like, whether it's fanfic teleplays, radio shows of made-up whatever, and they need a voice, and you want to do it, do it. And it's not necessarily about the compensation at the beginning. It's about the experience. You have to get comfortable before you can expect to get paid for it. Duh. So do it. Get your hands dirty. And then the same thing for sound design. Anytime I get asked that question, it's like, well, what are, what are you doing? And, I, and it's very frustrating if you get that, huh? Well, do it. And the, the simplest place to start for video games is with the most non-implementing, non-actual game design thing, which is grabbing video game trailer or a cutscene or whatever, strip it, and do all your own original stuff. Because for the starting thing is being able to have good taste on what's appropriate sound-wise, and also being able to sync. So getting practice there, I think, is just fundamentally important. If you don't have the patience, if you are not enjoying taking the time to get just that one crunchy metal sound right for the explosion, it might not be for you. And then you might have to explore those other aspects that I mentioned that, that still involve sound, but maybe not that kind of sound design. Yeah. But you only figure that out by doing it. You know, you don't you don't know what you're good at. Again, other people judge you, get to judge you on whether you're good at it. Yeah, exactly. And you don't even know if you like it until you do it. And then it, if you can go there, it behooves you because then you can avoid that horrible burnout archetype that I mentioned. There's just so many. I mean, bless them and bless all the ones that are my friends. But, man, that sucks. I don't envy it. I personally never, never wanted to be one of those guys who's just sort of like, I could have been a contender. Well... How long did you wait until you just, you know, until you finally realized you could have? I rather would have. I still have time. <laughs> I mean, I think that's why I made the switch now, but I don't feel like it's a delayed puberty either. Yeah. Because I use my experience in video games and game design every single day. Every day. Every so day. Fast, I can't even. Fast, yeah. It's really funny. When I when I kind of announced and made the, the decision that I was going to transition from video games and like do VO in earnest full time, which is. A really scary thing because there's no net and there's no rules and there's also no guarantee that I'm even gonna you know do well at this. But it's it's going pretty well. But there's but nobody hands you a nobody pats your head and says it's gonna be fine. Yeah. You're you're you know no difference between a freelance sound designer. You're taking a huge risk that that anyone's gonna want your stuff. I I was really concerned that when I was throwing away the last you know twelve ish years of my life and that I had invested in a career for nothing because it's all I knew. I had a lot of guilt about, oh, God, I shouldn't leave it because this is the one thing I've done and I'm, I'm throwing away all this experience and I'm just I'm just crapping on, on everything. Oh, God, this is bad. And also, I was really concerned about what the hell my relevance would be. Like, it sounds really weird to say, but I thought I would be really concerned about, will I still talk to my video game friends? Will I still have stuff to talk about? Will, will we still be able to relate? I don't know. I'm terrified. And luckily enough, it's like I mentioned, you know, talking to Neil and Derek, they're, we're mutually curious. And I feel like I've been to the far side of, you know, the planet and I've seen some things. <laughs> I can come back. That's what's happened. Now I, I come back with information and, and, you know, West Indian spices and tell my <laughs> friends in development what it's like out there. And they're really fascinated by it. Like I, 
anytime I go out to lunch with a former coworker, it's always like, so, so how, what's it like? <laughs> and it's good because, you know, I was really, I was concerned that I wouldn't be relevant anymore. And I, I was like, do I, do I have a place at E3? Well, it turns out that a lot of voice actors that I'm friends with and have made friends with since, I guess, coming out, that's, yeah, oh, coming out voice act, whatever, who are very, very passionate about patching and maintaining relations between voice actors and game developers and keeping that sausage factory moving efficiently. Like all those problems I talked about, there's a whole subset of voice actors who just want to get it done right. And they want to be those ambassadors that help. And I was like, my people, I found my, <laughs> I found my tribe. I don't know any on the West Coast side that have been in production like I have. So I, you know, I'd like to think that that's going to be relevant and helpful for me fitting in and sort of helping be part of that process as a community. We'll find out. Yeah, thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much for speaking to us and thank you so much for everything you've been you've been giving us information-wise. And like I said, we'd love to talk to you again in the future. So thanks for saying that that's cool as well. So uh, I would love that. Thanks a lot, Sam. Bye. Take care.